Good morning and welcome to Current. We are a community following Jesus together and you're welcome wherever you are on your spiritual journey. Uh, today is extra special as we get to share a little bit more about how that tagline is lived out here at Current. Um, we have Shauna Pilgreen here who is the network director uh, for Northern California at Alpha Ministries. Yes. Um, Alpha Alpha is a, a ministry that has been an integral part of Current Story since the very beginning. Uh, it creates a safe space for people to explore Christianity wherever they are on their faith journey. Um, so with that, we have Wilson up here joining me today to share a bit more about his own story and how Alpha has impacted him. Thanks, Christina. Hello, everyone. I'm here today to share two key moments from my spiritual journey. And it all started back in 2015 when I met Pastor David. And he talked to me about Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the gospel. But honestly, back then it seemed like a foreign language to me because I wasn't very open to the idea of Christianity. And it wasn't the right time either. So uh, Pastor David invited me out to this wine tasting event and I found some emails. Uh, I really liked Pastor David, but I was trying to be as polite as I could and said, uh, no, thank you. Uh, so fast forward five years to the pandemic and I started feeling a little bit more anxiety, a little less connection. So I reached out to David and Cindy, and she connected me with CT and Eileen, and uh, they lead the Alpha group. And CT and Eileen were super welcoming to me, and I, through Alpha, I found a safe space to ask the questions about God. But furthermore, I met a lot of you, and um, I built these deep relationships just by asking these deep questions, and that was the first key moment of my spiritual journey. The second key moment was joining Ops. So in 2021, uh, Current opened up and started hosting Sunday gatherings at the Hyatt. And I, was, I really liked the community, so I stayed. I helped out. I helped set up and tear down. But just by serving on Sundays alongside Christina and the rest of you, I built these meaningful relationships even more. And these relationships really helped guide me toward my faith decision uh, because I saw through Jesus and through Christ this community that he's building, and it continues to build within us. Um, so I decided to follow Jesus, and uh, and now at Current, I know that there's so many people at different stages of your spiritual journey, so we just encourage you, uh, right now we have summer activity groups that you can join and have fun and meet our community, and if you're ready to serve on a Sunday team, I serve on Ops, so if you like to wake up early or stay late or like to push carts around, uh, feel free to reach out to us, we'll come find you. Thank you. Uh, Wilson really is that incredible and very polite in person, too. Um, and he's far too humble to say it, but he's not only on the ops team, he also leads the ops team. So, shout out to them. So, as he mentioned, there's plenty of ways that you can get, get connected. I have here a connection card, which you'll find on your seat. Uh, you can let us know you're interested in learning more about a summer activity group, joining an awesome ops team, get to hang out with guys like Wilson every Sunday. Um, or you can let us know you're interested in learning more about courses like Alpha by writing Alpha in the comments. Uh, you can drop that in the bucket after the message. So with that, I'm going to ask Shauna to join me up here as we share an exciting announcement. Um, can we give her a round for coming all the way from San Francisco? So uh, we have the privilege of sharing that uh, this past year, because of your generous giving during the Impact Initiative, which is a time that uh, we increase giving specifically for local and global partnerships like Alpha, uh, that 
had the privilege of gifting $10,000 to Alpha's ministry. Wow, wow, thank you, thank you. So thank you all for your generosity, and Shauna, thank you for the ministry that you've done through Alpha. It really is incredible. Um, and with that, I'm going to pray to open up our time. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you for Shauna and for the mission, the calling that you have called her to. Lord, we pray that many more would come to know you through Alpha's ministries and through her work. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for Wilson's, stories, uh, Wilson's story and countless others like his. Um, Lord, that you would just continue to break down barriers so that people could know you more deeply, more fully, and the hope that they have in you. Lord, we lift up Shauna's words today that you would speak through her and break down these barriers. And we give this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Christina. Thank you, Wilson. Current, it's so good to be with you. So good to be with you. Um, and thank you. Just on behalf of all the churches in Northern California, it's so exciting. I've been in this role. Actually, the network in Northern California is only a, not even a year old yet. And it is just with great joy to tell you that more church plants are using Alpha as they get going. It's exciting to tell you that Alpha is in the workplace. Do you know that Alpha's at Google? Salesforce? Yes. You can run Alpha anywhere. It's happening in schools and all kinds of places. So your gift to Alpha is helping grow Alpha in different um, contexts. And it's just such a blessing to be able just to report back to you all that we're seeing God do. And you're, you're experiencing it here, which makes a big difference. And Wilson's story, I just, nothing compares just to seeing life change. And what did it begin with? It began with an invitation. An invitation from your pastor who's skipping church today. No, we, we all need those breaks. And I just even wanted to just tell you guys, yes, I'm definitely a part of Alpha, and I love this ministry, but I'm also a part of a church in San Francisco that just turned 13, so we're in our teenage years. But I remember being at a vision dinner here at, in the Bay Area when David and Cindy cast the vision for Current Church. Before we could see your faces and be in what, I don't know if this is your third home now, um, but I remember being in that dinner and praying over David and Cindy and praying over you, knowing that you were here, God was sending you here, and so I just, I send greetings from Epic Church up in the city where today we do have sunshine, believe it or not, um, but I bring you greetings from Epic Church and just even the drive down here, just being reminded, God is at work in the Bay Area, do you believe that? God is at work, and I think sometimes we just get so used to where we do church that we forget that there are churches happening. People are worshiping all over the Bay Area, and despite what maybe the news might be saying that's happening here in the Bay Area, I believe to my core that God is here, God is at work, he's using churches like Current, and I don't want to be anywhere else. So I'm glad to be with you today. Um, I do want to tell you and remind some of you, whether this is you're new to church or you've been coming for a while, that God has this big picture over every one of our lives. No matter your age, from the youngest to the oldest in this room, God has this big picture over every one of us. And the big picture is this. God loves you. God created you to enjoy him and to love him. And we love God back when we receive his free gift of salvation through his son Jesus and what he's done for us on the cross. And then we live our lives 
loving one another. That's this big picture. But our days are filled with so many, many stories. So many just present, everyday, real moments, right? Well, I want you to take a peek at Annabelle's story. It's just her story that was happening one day. But what God did in her today's story helped her see the big picture. Take a look. So I moved to New York in July of 2019. I had just graduated college. I, um, I'm an actor, so I have always had a dream of moving here. Um, and I, when I moved here, I, I was so focused on doing everything right for my career. Um, it was my entire life, my entire focus. Um, and then COVID hit. When I realized that my career and my life before COVID wasn't going to be going back to normal as quickly as I wanted it to, um, I fell into a really dark place because I, you know, was making this transition into adulthood, into having a career, into finally being able to realize these dreams. And, you know, my whole world just fell apart. I was struggling with the loss of my parents' marriage, and I'd also lost a friend to suicide. So I was in just about the lowest place you could imagine. And I ended up getting a phone call from my friend Ashley, and she called just to check in. I asked Ashley, I don't know how to start. Where do I just begin um, to seek God in my life? And Ashley invited me to Alpha on Zoom. I had been invited to Alpha in 2019, um, before the pandemic. And at that point, I said, oh, sure, 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 yeah, I'll come. And then, um, I, didn't, I never showed up, and that's because I was so focused on having this uh, perfect acting career that I didn't think I had the time in my schedule or the space in my head or my heart to, to really um, do that kind of thing. I had never experienced um, a space where I could actually ask questions. I think it was really helpful to be in a diverse community and I was also doing it with Ashley because Ashley had invited me and she was my alpha leader as well. So having her there um, created an instantly like safe and comfortable space for me. The leaders really um, were taking such great care of us. I felt so overwhelmed by that because I was like, you know, there's so much love pouring out of these people that I don't, I'm not sure why that they would love me, they don't know me. So week five was the week that we focused on prayer. And that was, I think, my favorite week because it was finally the moment where all of this information where I'd learned about the character of Jesus, about what it means to be a Christian, took that 18-inch journey from my head to my heart. It's where it all just sunk in. And still, like, can't believe that I'm here. <laughs> um, yeah. Those people that were in my Alpha course, um, through them being vulnerable, through them asking the questions that maybe that day I was too scared to ask and I needed someone to ask for me. Um, creating this space 
of comfort and safety and love and support. Um, really, I couldn't have been more thankful to have Alpha at that point in my life. And I can't wait to do Alpha again, just because I know that there's always more to gain from that community. Alpha both taught me about, you know, who Jesus was, but I got to learn who Jesus is today. Jesus to me is now um, a friend. Um, a friend who is persistent and patient. Um, someone who only wants good things for you. He's someone that is okay with all of the questions <laughs> and all of the messiness of your life. He went from being a really good teacher to me to becoming um, the center of my world. And the person, the being, the spirit that gets me through every day. identify with Wilson's story. You're still seeking, still trying to figure it out, but I realize there's probably more of you in this room that identify with Ashley and David, the ones who invited, who took a chance, who said, I'm nervous about inviting them, but I'm just going to do it. And today we're going to look at just a day in the life of Jesus. And Jesus is headed back to Galilee. And it's just a day. We're just looking at one day of his life. But remember, if anybody's got a big picture of his life, it's Jesus, right? But I want us to look through John 4. Maybe it's a passage you're like, oh, the Samaritan woman. I've you know, heard, heard many sermons on that. But maybe today you're like, I'm hearing this for the very first time. Regardless, I hope that you will look at this passage through the lens that, yes, God does have a big picture story over your life. But God very much is involved in the now stories of your life and the lives of other people that you'll even engage with today. So let's look at John 4. And we're going to read through the whole, um, the whole chapter. I'm going to break it down and kind of give you a few things to think about today. But John 4, verses 1 through 9, it reads, Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour, midday. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask me for a drink, a woman of Samaria? For Jesus had no, for Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. So I want to give you a few things to think about in this passage. And this is this, to share your now story, to talk to people today about what God is doing and what's going on in their lives. You need to have a plan, but don't have a plan. I know that sounds a little silly, but think about this. You need to have some sort of plan, but then you don't have, need to have it too planned out. 
So think about Jesus in this scenario. It's in the middle of the day. He's tired and he's thirsty. Now, I don't know about you, but when it's in the middle of the day and I'm tired and I'm thirsty, I'm not thinking about picking up the trash on the trail or baking a meal for a friend or going and running an extra errand for someone. But that's not what Jesus does here. It is in the middle of the day. He's thirsty and he's tired and he decides to take care of someone else's needs other than his own. I want you to think for a minute or a few minutes about people in your life. Think about your neighbors, even if you don't know their names. Think about your neighbors. Think about your coworkers, the people that you do hobbies with or you're just in the circles with. Just take a minute for those names to come to mind. But give space for people that you don't know yet. People that you'll encounter today or, or this summer or going into the fall. Just kind of think of those like empty boxes right now. Now I want you to put a circle around those names of people who you would say they're probably open. They would be open to a conversation about faith. They're open to what my family and I do. They're open, they're open to conversations. And then for this exercise, put an X beside those that you're like, mm-mm, nope. I don't think I can have that conversation quite yet. They don't seem open, they seem a little turned off, they seem closed. For those that you put a circle around, those are invitations to have conversations. For those that have an X beside them, those are invitations to pray. So in this exercise, no one's ruled out. It just helps you determine, do you have the conversation or are you praying for them right now? So again, you want to have a plan, then you don't want to have a plan. Because you see, what happens is when we have a plan, sometimes we stick so much to the plan that we have no room for anything else. So you need to have space to not have a plan. Basically, you need to have space for interruptions. Jesus, in his humanness, is at the well in the middle of the day, tired and thirsty. In his humanness, was he expecting the Samaritan woman to show up? He just, he really wanted a drink. And he still had much more to go. So he had a plan, but he didn't have a plan. So just think about what's going to happen next as he's in the middle of the day asking this woman for, a, for water, a woman he really had no reason talking to. So let's look at verses 10 through 26 to see what happens next. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well, and he drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, 
everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You're right in saying I have no husband. For you have five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming where neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. We looked at the whole conversation that Jesus is having with the Samaritan woman. And I, I want us to look at it just so that you see the kind of conversation that Jesus is having. So maybe the beginning of that day, this would have been a box for Jesus. He didn't know that maybe he was going to encounter this woman. Think about your days. You've probably got several boxes. You just don't always know who you're going to encounter. But this, this person would have a circle around because this woman was open to conversation. She was open to dialogue. Even when Jesus talks about something very sensitive, like her relational life, she still stayed engaged. So again, keep being mindful of the people that you do life with that you would have a circle around where you could engage in conversations and those that maybe still have an ex beside them because right now the best thing you can do is pray for them. But for Jesus, it's the middle of the day. She comes for water out of a need and at a time where she knew she was not going to run into other people. Now Jesus is intentional in passing through Samaria. So I don't want us to overcomplicate things. This is just a day in the life of Jesus, a day in the life of the Samaritan woman. I want you to know that for you to share your story, you are resourceful and you are relevant. For those of you who have put your faith in Jesus, do you know that the spirit of the living God lives in you? And he's not outdated. He's never without resources. So as you engage in conversation as a Christian, you have everything you need. You have everything you need. At the well this day, reality connects the moment to truth. Jesus uses what's right in front of him. What was right in front of him? A well. Water. He's not talking about pigs. He's not talking about figs. He's not talking about something else out there. He's using what was right in front of him. So again, let's not overcomplicate our story. Simply use what's right in front of you. People are waiting for you to talk with them about truth. I've grown up, grown up in the church. I've been attending church as long as I can remember. 
And it's so easy for me to assume that people outside the church are going to be offended by the truth or offended by anything I say that has to do with Jesus and Christianity. But I've learned through Alpha, I've learned through personal stories with other people that actually that's not the case. People want to know truth. People want me to ask questions. People want to engage in meaningful conversations. I just think maybe the longer we're in church or in a Christian bubble, we believe that they're not going to be open. They're not going to want to hear what we have to say. And we do not like the word no, even if it's spoken as kindly as Wilson will tell you, no thank you. We don't like rejection. But that did not stop Jesus this day. It did not stop him from just engaging. It did not stop him. You are relevant and resourceful. We don't always know what's going to be on the other side of that invitation. I was texting with a friend um, even this morning, and I'm reminded of her story. It was the Uber driver who said, hey, do you want to have a conversation while I drive you to the airport, or would you rather just some peace and quiet? Because of what she had going on in her life, she said, I actually would love some conversation. That conversation changed her life. He was able to share who Jesus was, and it's made all the difference in the world. That now story painted a big picture story that has changed her life. So you need to know people are waiting and wanting to engage with you. In this woman's story, many people believed, all because of that now story that happened at the well. And I love what John writes in verse 15, that it's not about us, ultimately. It's about Jesus. Evangelism, as heavy as that word seems, it's sharing Jesus. It's sharing the good news. It's not conversion. It's not coercion. It's about caring about someone so much that because of what Jesus has done for you, you want that to be true in their life. You want people to know that Jesus can take care of them, that Jesus is going to walk that hard road with them, that whatever they're carrying, Jesus has got it. I want to introduce you to a new series that Alpha is running called Life Shared. Maybe you've heard of it, but it's a three-week series. You can do this on your own. You can do it at the breakfast table with your spouse. You can um, gather a few friends to watch it. All three videos are 10 minutes long, but it equips you to sharing your story. And in session one, I wanted to sh show you a small clip of what happens when you share your story and for you to be reminded you are relevant and you are resourceful. Take a look. Growing up, I was in a very atheist household. It was my mother, my brother, and I. They didn't go to church. They didn't follow any religion of any sort. When I was 19, I was coming out of a really awful relationship that had lasted the good majority of three years. It was really hard on me mentally, emotionally, physically, just very dark and negative and toxic. I remember one day just being in the room alone, quiet and sad, and it felt like something was in the room with me, if you want to explain it that way. I just felt some, something caring for me. And I asked the question, is this God? Is this, you know, Jesus trying to get through to me? So I was left with um, a lot of questions. 
I would say there were a, quite a few like curious people there, either people that had grown up in a Christian background or had known people. I wondered what it would look like just to host an alpha for my friends and particularly my coworkers. I was definitely pretty nervous just because obviously it's really easy to make a name for yourself at your workplace because you're there all the time, whether it's like, oh, you could be like the really fun one or it's like very easily you could be like, oh, that Christian that always asks people to go to church. And I didn't want her to think that our friendship was just so I could invite her to church. So Ashton and I were working a shift together. Uh, we were walking past each other and she stopped me from where I was going and just said it very directly, casually, I want you to come to an alpha. What day is gonna work for you? What day is consistent for you? And I was immediately drawn and ready to um, participate in it. There's not really a, like a super easy way to do it. Um, there's no, if you're ever waiting for like the right time, there's like, there's t times that are better than others, but there's not like a time that it really like, you're, this is the moment. So I showed up at Alpha for the first time. Um, it was very welcoming, very casual. Uh, lots of people that I knew were there all my age. So, you know, you walk in, people were hugging, people were saying hello, people were catching up, there was food there. So it just felt like you were going to hang out with your friends. A lot of people had questions just like I did. They were either atheist, Christian, um, nothing. Like, they just had the same questions as me. So I felt very comfortable knowing that I wasn't the only one who was exploring it. Maybe halfway, maybe like three quarters, we were just talking and it was discussion time. She's like, yeah, well, like now that I'm Christian, and I was like, what? And I was like, uh, and I was like, kind of like look at other people that I, like I know and I looked at them, they looked at me and I was like. Things just started to make sense for me. Things started clicking. My past, there were like certain connecting dots mm -hmm. that I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. And then, yeah, I think I just told you one day. Yeah. It wasn't like a huge big bang or like I saw the light or anything. It was just, I woke up, I'm like, this is who I am. Yeah, I just, I like firmly believe like obviously it wasn't me that like brought you to Christ and like gave you this life. It was like, I was just being like faithful. It's like God's call and that looked like inviting you. And then he like did the rest and he like obviously like does so much for your life. And I think you just kind of helped me like see a little clearer or like yeah. help me. Yeah move a little bit closer. God pulled through. Don't you want to be a part of those stories? <laughs> like, I think I am speaking to a live audience. Don't you want to be a part of those stories? And those are just like, these are just people. You don't even, we don't even have their names like written down in a tagline with their job title. They're just doing life. They're just doing life. And I just think about how many people I'm doing life with who are just waiting. They're just waiting to have that conversation. And I get caught up in the nerves and what to say. But I think these two stories that I've shown today are just these beautiful pictures that there's never the perfect time. There's never the perfect words. People just want to hear the truth. Let's finish up um, with Jesus' day with a Samaritan woman in verse 27 through 42. This is where it gets messy. Just then, his disciples came back. 
They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come and see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say that there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. So to share your now story, you need to have a plan, but don't have a plan. You need to know that you are resourceful and that you are relevant. And lastly, you need to know that when your worlds collide, it's going to get messy, or what we call messy. Maybe your family is like mine, maybe not, but at my house and with my extended family, there are multiple conversations happening at the same time. And it's almost like one conversation tries to get louder than the others. And so the, the, the volume just continues to intensify. And if you get bored with one conversation, you just dismiss yourself and hop in and uh, insert yourself into another. And these conversations can range from politics to recipes to pop culture to music to whatever. And no one's ever offended if you leave one conversation and go to the next. That's kind of what I've got pictured in my mind, where Jesus is engaged with this woman, and they've been talking about truth, and then the disciples show up, and they're curious why he's talking to her. So they're having this little side conversation with Jesus, and in the moment, the woman leaves the water jars, and she's going back into town, and she's having conversations. So again, worlds are colliding, and it's getting messy. But I love the conversation that Jesus has with the disciples. He says, Did you not, do you not say that there are four months and then come the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes. See all the now stories that are happening right around you. The one who is reaping is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower, the person who has the conversation, the person who does the inviting, they get to rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into that labor. Jesus' conversation with the disciples is almost like a side conversation that's happening. The main conversation, the conversation that he's been in is an intermission. Because the woman has gone back to tell her now story with other people. And then they come back and meet up with Jesus. So, like I've said before, I don't want you to avoid 
the main conversations that God has set up for you each day because you're so busy with these side conversations of, I don't think I can get it right. I'm not sure I have what it takes. What if they say no? God wants you to be in these main conversations to engage with people's present stories and their now stories. And I love that Jesus tells the disciples, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. There's a good number of us in this room today. There are far more people not in this room today. There is so much beautiful work that we get to engage with with God outside of this place. People that are just waiting for a conversation with you, waiting to hear truth, wanting to hear that someone bigger than them loves them so much. Perhaps you're going to water the seed. Perhaps you're going to smile at them, say hello to them, learn their name, ask about their day, ask how you can pray for them. You're just going to plant that seed. Maybe give them an invitation. Tell them what you're a part of this summer. Invite them to help. You might plant that seed. You might engage with someone that it's time to water that seed. They've already been invited. They've already heard the good news about Jesus. But maybe they're in a place where they need a little bit more or they need another invitation. It's been a while. Regardless of whether you water or you reap, your now story, what God is doing in your life right now is needed. There is no story that's not important. There's no story that's too small or too big. I think Jesus in his kindness sees us and he knew we were going to need in the text, we're going to need in the scriptures, that story of his engagement with the Samaritan woman. Just to be reminded, we don't have to overcomplicate it. Jesus was just at the well needing some water. And he engages with someone that culture would say he shouldn't have. And not only was one life changed, but a whole community was changed. Would you close your eyes for a minute? And I just want to put some um, thoughts in your mind and just praying that the Holy Spirit would speak to you. So with your eyes closed, I just want to remind you to have a plan, but to not have a plan. To be constantly thinking of the people that Jesus is bringing into your life, but at the same time, hold that plan loosely for the people that you haven't even met yet, you don't even know about yet. I want you really to take hold to the truth that you are relevant. You are resourceful. If you've given your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in you, and he has the power to use you, use your words, speak through you. You have what it takes. And then worlds are going to collide, and it's going to get messy, but that, it's a process. It's a process. And you play your part, someone else plays their part, and this is how we see Silicon Valley in the Bay Area. And we see the church grow and people come to know Jesus. I can only imagine what it was like to be at the well that day where the disciples and Jesus and the Samaritan woman and all the townspeople gather. That's what I want to see God do and use current church. Just to see people connecting on Sundays where... Someone has invited someone, and someone has told someone, and we just can't help but share the good news of Jesus. 
So maybe today you're sitting in here and you have a story like Annabelle or like Wilson or like the girls and you just would say, hey, I think this is for me. I want to put my faith in Jesus. Jesus sounds too good to be true and I want to follow him and give my life to him. You can indicate that on the card. Maybe others of you would say, you know what, I hold my plans a little too tight and today I just need to hold them loosely and let God use me. Maybe there are those in this room who you just need to be reminded. Your story matters. You have what it takes, and God wants to use you. And for all of us, I challenge us all that you would go to the townspeople. Go to the people who are just waiting to hear the good news. So as I pray for you all, Father God, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus. That's why we're here today. Your love for us, your forgiveness and grace is incredible. And it's changed my life. And I don't want to keep that to myself. There are people that I'm going to engage with today that need to know who you are. And maybe it's, it's going to start off small. Maybe I'm going to pick up a conversation where I've left off from last week. But God, I do pray that you would use us. God, we want to lift up our eyes and see that there is so much work to be done right here around us. God, I pray that your spirit would speak to us as we worship you. I pray that your spirit would empower us as we go from here, that we have what it takes to share our very lives with people this week. I pray that you would do in us what only you can do. We worship you, Jesus, in spirit and in truth. And we pray this in your name. Amen.